Hello and welcome to Drowning Verdict. I'm Chip Mahoney and you're listening to my true crime podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about cases out there in the world that fascinate me. I go more in depth with the case. Thanks a lot for joining me today. You might have found me on my TikTok where I do clips there, but if it led you over to my YouTube, that's a good place to be. I've got full episodes of Drowning Verdict there in that uh, YouTube format, plus my other show called Shill Kill, where I pair crypto with a crime. So if you've got an interest in both, as I do, that's a good place to be. You can check it out. Basically, get everything that I offer by subscribing there. I am featured on Spotify, and uh, you can find Drowning Verdict wherever you get your favorite pods out there. If you've heard me before, you know that I'm an author. I talk about story, connections, new angles, and maybe just maybe some truth here and there. But what I often say is a reason for the podcast, you know, a reason to be here as I do this show and you do something like cleaning the house, driving somewhere, picking up the kids, whatever you got going on, but a reason to listen. And uh, today's episode is a good one because it stimulates my author mind. So if you've got a passion for words and story like I do, if you believe that words are powerful as I do, then keep listening because I've got this confession and I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to have it read for you, which uh, I think you might like. So it's going to be about three minutes uh, to read that. And then after I'm going to jump back in, I'm going to discuss sections of the uh, confession or the letter or the note, however you want to phrase it. But particularly, I'm going to break down the last line, the last thing he says before he takes himself out of the equation. So listen closely to that. That's coming in about a minute. But just some background. Uh, Yes, this case was, uh, I don't want to say solved, but it was just, uh, you know, taken care of because he took himself out of the equation. And uh, his backpack was found with a notebook inside of it and it submerged in water and like swampland there in that scary uh, kind of swampy marshy area of Florida covered by alligators that sort of setting but he took himself out he didn't want to be uh, discovered after that he just wanted to go to never never land and not deal with this stuff anymore and so you're gonna hear this uh, confession you want to call it but is it a confession is it uh, is it 100% true? Is it 100% fact about how it played out? And then, of course, breaking down that last line uh, there, which I'm going to do after you hear it. So that's coming up right now. Check it out about three minutes, and I'll be right back. Gabby, I wish I was right at your side. I wish I could be talking to you right now. I'd be going through every memory we made, getting even more excited for the future. But we lost our future. I can't live without you. I've lost every day we could have spent together, every holiday. I'll never get to play with again. Never go hiking with TJ. I loved you more than anything. I can't bear to look at our photos, to recall great times because it is why I cannot go on. When I close my eyes, I will think of laughing on the roof of the van, falling asleep to the sight of the crystal geyser. I will always love you. If you were reading Gab's journal, looking at photos from our life together, Flipping through old cards you wouldn't want to live a day without her. Knowing that every day you'll wake up without her, you wouldn't want to wake up. I'm sorry to everyone this will affect, Gabby was the love of my life, but I know adored by many. I'm so very sorry to her family because I love them. I'd consider her younger siblings my best of friends. I am sorry to my family, this is a shock to them as well a terrible grief. They loved as much, if not more than me. A new daughter to my mother, an aunt to my nephews. Please do not make this harder for them. This occurred an unexpected tragedy. 
rushing back to our car trying to cross the streams of before it got too dark to see, too cold. I hear a splash and a scream. I could barely see. I couldn't find her for a moment, shouted her name. I found her breathing heavily, gasping. She was freezing cold. Not like the blazing hot national parks in Utah. The temperature had dropped to freezing and she was soaking wet. I carried her as far as I could from the stream toward the car, stumbling, exhausted in shock, when Maya knew I couldn't safely carry her. I started a fire and spooned her as close to the heat. She was so thin, had already been freezing too long. I couldn't at the time realize that I should have started a fire first but I wanted her out of the cold back to the car. From where I started the fire I had no idea how far the car might be, only knew it was across the creek. When I pulled Gabby out of the water, she couldn't tell me what hurt. She had a small bump on her forehead that eventually got larger. Her feet hurt, her wrist hurt but she was freezing, shaking violently. While carrying her she continually made sounds of pain. Laying next to her she said little, lapsing between violent shakes, gasping in pain, begging for an end to her pain. She would fall asleep and I would shake her awake, fearing she shouldn't close her eyes if she had a concussion. She would wake in pain, start her whole painful cycle again furious that I was the one waking her. She wouldn't let me try to cross the creek, thought like me that the fire would go out in her sleep and she'd freeze. I don't know the extent of Gabby's injuries, only that she was in extreme pain. I ended her life, I thought it was merciful, that it is what she wanted but I see now all the mistakes I made. I panicked, I was in shock. But from the moment I decided, took away her pain, I knew I couldn't go on without her. I rushed home to spend any time I had left with my family. I wanted to drive north and let James or TJ kill me but I wouldn't want them to spend time in jail over my mistake, even though I'm sure they would have liked to. I am ending my life not because of a fear of punishment but rather because I can't stand to live another day without her. I've lost our whole future together, every moment we could have shared. I'm sorry for everyone's loss. Please do not make life harder for my family, they lost a son and a daughter. The most wonderful girl in the world. Gabby I'm sorry. I have killed myself by this creek in the hopes that animals may tear me apart. That it may make some of her family happy. Please pick up all of my things. Gabby hated people who litter. All right, so I'm back with you now, and uh, I'm going to talk to you about a few points of this confession. Again, using those words and the things that came into my author mind of how I perceive this. First of all, do you think this is 100% true? I guess we'll never know, but here's some things that uh, stuck out for me. Initially, this is a letter to Gabby. That's how he starts off talking to her. Then he starts describing the scenario they got themselves into, and he goes from there all the way until uh, we get to the end of how he says that uh, he uh, is going to end his life as he ended her life. He says that in ending her life, it was merciful. He talks about initially the things that um, they had together, um, all the... Um, I guess the uh, best way to describe it is that it's his own take on the life that they had and that they won't have. And then he goes on to focus on himself about how um, he'll never have this. Uh, but he doesn't really say her name about the things that she will miss. He never says something such as, 
I can't believe that she won't grow up to be a wife. I can't believe that she won't grow up to be a mother. I'm so sad about that. He focuses on the things that he will miss. And really, it's about him. So he starts off talking to her directly and then goes into his description. So if I uh, really have to uh, you know, think about this as I did on previous podcast episodes, I said in those episodes that this was a case of... Uh, you know, it's, it's something that happened within a confined space, such as a, uh, a van, where two people were living together that weren't prepared for it. And of course, they were on the road. So they had all the ups and downs between all the um, fantastic Instagram stuff that uh, is that glittery stuff on the surface. There's stuff that's under the surface that's hard to live by sometimes where you're dealing with being a confined space with somebody, flat tires, being on the road, it's dragging. Uh, ask anyone who's been doing that, such as a trucker or a rock band, out on the road. It's a haggard lifestyle. So that's one thing I, I don't think that they were prepared for was that lifestyle. And then also I feel as if he was the one that needed her uh, so very much. And in that confined space, I think that she confronted him. I think that's what he was confronted with uh being somebody who is way beyond needy and you can hear that in his words that he's talking about things that someone in their early 20s really shouldn't be talking about because they haven't really lived long enough and he's talking about this um this life that they had and that they were going to have um that i would typically hear someone talk about maybe in their 30s or 40s he's he's in his 20s they're really young and he is just putting everything on her so i i feel as if that they had a confrontation in a confined space in the van at a campground wherever they were and she was confronting him about him you know that i think he was trying to isolate her isolate her into his lifestyle take her away from her friends and her influences get her out there and get her adopted to his lifestyle and really mold her and i think once she found out who he really was that he wasn't uh, you know didn't have a lot of friends and you can even hear him say that that he envisioned that her siblings were his best friends and we start to see a picture emerge of him and i think that's uh, what i pull out of this now when he describes uh what happened as far as uh the river late at night freezing cold um i'm not sure that really makes sense to me i mean there's no way to 100 percent know if it's true or not but i think you would be much better prepared for where your vehicle was how to get back to your vehicle it sounds um kind of fishy to me so i don't 100 percent buy it and he's just kind of writing this out as if he is in a story and he can pen it how he wants it to play out and be perceived because he knows that he is going to end his life. So <clears throat> I don't think it's a hundred percent true. I think, uh, in my perceptive mind, my author mind, I feel that, uh, this was a, a murder in a confined space, meaning that he brought her, uh, convince her to go into his world, take her out on the road to kind of live this lifestyle. And yes, it is kind of Instagramming and all that. So maybe that was appealing to her. But I think that she found out who he was, uh, a real loner, no no friends. People thought he was probably uh, pretty weird anyways. And then he's got this cute girl and she becomes his entire life. And he says that, you know, and he's in his 20s and he's acting like he's maybe 35 or 40. He's lived more of a life and has... Uh, more experience with life. So I kind of find that uh, out initially. Now getting to um, 
after the description when he goes into the the final act of ending his life saying that he wants to be torn apart by animals you know that's rather dramatic and the last line of this is where i think it can sum up what this is about and maybe it uh, solidifies my statement about how this was a murder in a confined space because a confined space is a van it's living together not being prepared for that being really young and then the trials and tribulations of being on the road that haggard lifestyle it's not glamorous it's not glamping it's not glamorous and i think that they that really wore on him and it wore on her and i think that she confronted him that's my guess that's my guess but the last line of this uh so-called confession that uh where he says gabby hated people who litter he ends with that he didn't say gabby hated litter such as the uh the problem of uh, a littered ocean or a litter on the highway he he said that she hated people who littered so he uh he made that statement personal if you know what i'm saying and therefore i think that uh it's a window into his um personality about how gabby was so very important to him that he had to uh, uh, essentially take her life, that he could not live without her, but he, I don't think that he could let her live without him. And so when he made it personal in that last line that she hated people who littered, not she hated litter, she hated uh, the ocean being, uh, you know, a receptacle for plastic or litter on the highway, and she wanted to do something about it. But he made it personal and talked about people. So it's as if he's he was trying to please her all the time in order to uh, make it so that she would maybe love him more or be more part of the lifestyle. And therefore, I think that ultimately, if I were writing the story, I think it's a story of murder in a confined space, meaning the um, the opposite of that would be these open spaces in which they are traveling and experiencing the stars in the sky, being on top of the van, living that glamorous van, Instagrammy lifestyle. But the opposite of that is being in that confined space, a, a, a tin can, uh, and doing that for such a long time that you know you go stir crazy and it's impossible to uh, not talk about the truth or why you're there and I think that's what happened to him ultimately I've said it in previous podcast episodes that you know with this case he uh, in my opinion my author mind he convinced her to go on this um, and I think that was attracted to her because you know she was young and full of life and and yes it sounds great but when you're out there on the road it's very haggard and it can be boring, it can be dull, it can be, the other person can smell, they can be annoying, you can get in fights. They obviously were in a fight. He obviously put hands on her before. Uh, we did know about that. But I think that she confronted him and she said, you know, as if as if she uh, knew something that she w- wasn't willing to say to begin with, but she found out some information. And then once he uh, couldn't come back from that and he couldn't win her over anymore, I think he... Uh, he murdered her and as he said uh, it was merciful well who knows if it's 100 percent true how it played out i don't think it happened that way but what do you think do you think it uh, is 100 percent true of what uh, he said in his statement um that last line where he says that he hated or she hated people that littered uh, making it personal meant to me that he was concerned about how she felt 
hundred percent of the time that her uh, feelings and her actions and her, her words and uh, the way that she interacted with him was so important that if it slipped in any way on the meter, you know, on the relationship meter, he couldn't take it. And he had to double down on uh, getting her more involved in uh, that lifestyle, which is, I would say, very isolated. Uh, very different from a traditional lifestyle. Obviously, it's celebrated more and more in this internet age with Instagram and all the stuff that I've mentioned, but I don't think that makes for good company, especially when you're young and you don't have a lot of experience. And when he's saying this stuff to begin with in his letter about all the life that they're missing out and all the things that they had, everything, I thought it was from somebody who was over 40 years old. So I could tell immediately that instinctively that he was obsessed with her that it really wasn't about being a relationship with her but controlling her 100% to be in his world because if he if she left him he would have nobody because nobody was with him to begin with and that's what I feel about it and that's where I think the story uh, would go if I were to write it so what do you think about that hope you like this episode today any thoughts comments uh, let me know I appreciate it. But this is Chip Mahoney. Sign off on Drowning Verdict for this time, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.